afternoon that's my ghost impression good brunch good brunch everybody <laughs> i'm jamie baker i'm sarah matthews and i was about to do the exact same thing and you stole it first welcome <laughs> oh that's terrible wait why isn't that not coming out right like yours is scarier that's than mine mine's too high-pitched no i think any ghost can be as Whatever. That's true. Mine is a small Victorian child. <laughs> Mine's a small. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I I cannot. Ugh. I need an inhaler. I feel like, and I don't normally need an inhaler Ugh. as a living human. But do you have RSV? You know, actually, that's a really good. I could because we've had a huge uptick in it. I could absolutely have RSV. I've been anecdotally uh, diagnosing everyone in my life who has been complaining about having a non-COVID-related respiratory infection right now, I'm like, it's RSV. Mm -hmm. I've heard about this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. (laughs) I've heard about it. What do I do with this information? (laughs) You're like, nothing. Rest, fluids, Nothing. Lay down. Don't go to the emergency room and be a weirdo. (laughs) Lock it in. (laughs) (laughs) But also stop talking to me about it. I'm not interested. Okay, I will. I'm sorry. Not you. No, not you. (laughs) I know. And then the podcast ended. And Jamie and Sarah never spoke again. (laughs) Never spoke again. Oh my gosh. When you said never spoke again, it sounded like you said never smoke again. Well, don't do that either. Well, I know. I don't anymore. But I was just talking to a friend of mine, well, a coworker of mine. Oddly, we were sitting around the nurse's station, you know, middle of the night convo when mm-hmm. the patient load is low. Mm-hmm. And one of my coworkers was like, you've snorted drugs before, right? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I love that question, though. I'm not passing judgment on anybody at all. Like, whatever. You do you. But, like, no. What, like, why are you? And she's like, she's like, yes, you have. And I'm like, I really have not. I swear. I have never, ever, ever snorted so much as a pixie stick up my nose. And she's like, oh, wow. And I'm like, what? So then another coworker jumps in and we we are, we all, we all start talking. And my other coworker says something about like how she used to smoke. And I'm like, I used to smoke. And I'm like, I'm so glad I don't smoke anymore. And we both look at each other and we both at the same time are like, sometimes I miss it so much. <laughs> I know people do talk about that all like for the rest of their lives. Like, oh man, every once in a while, just really crave it. And I, we've probably talked about this before, but like a lot of people liked to drink alcohol and smoke, Yeah, which I of course did. Cause as a smoker, you just smoke all the time. Right. But for me, it was coffee and cigarettes. Mm. I would just sit out on my porch in the autumn, wrapped in a blanket, sipping coffee and just smoking my cigarettes. And uh, it was, the, it just is, it was a glorious time. <laughs> and, uh, I have never smoked a cigarette in my entire life. And so that is so good. Good for you. To me, I mean, it's partially because I'm just like kind of a square person, but to me, it's. <laughs> so you've never snorted anything either? I have not. I'm really. But you know what? Let me tell you. You become an adult and you realize how prevalent cocaine still is everywhere. I really was uh, not in tune with that. And it is just everywhere. Oh my God. I know, right? I feel like it's every party everywhere. I go to, I get asked to do something. I'm like, eh, I, not with really? a nursing license to protect. Yeah, well. No, Avi. But like, I mean, I've even talked to nurses who have dabbled in the. Uh, oh sure, tons of people. The nose candy. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's crazy. Anyway, go ahead. So smoking, you're square. It's just one of those things that there's other addictions and different things where I'm like, no, yeah, I get it. I could totally fall down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And smoking is just not one because to me the smell. Ugh. Yeah. So that's the one thing that even smokers hate. Like smokers hate the smell of smoke. Yeah. Nobody likes the smell of smoke and your clothes stink and all that stuff. But when you're just around smoking all the time, then you cease to notice it as much. I was just say, you get kind of nose blind to it, yeah. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't say nose blind, but certainly uh, nose less caring. Nose high prescription. <laughs> 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 
So I can smell somebody smoking like six cars in front of me at a traffic light. You know, I mean, it's yeah. with my windows up. It's and my my kids are like, oh, and I'm just like, yeah. And then I remember <laughs> yeah, being a kid oh. <laughs> feeling the same way than smoking anyway. But the one thing about which I find very, very interesting and fascinating about smoking is there is a serious generational divide. And I say this as a triage nurse. When I'm going through the social history of people in triage and I ask them, do you smoke cigarettes or do you smoke or whatever? I don't know a distinctive age. I haven't identified the line, but there is a distinct generation that smokes or will simply say no. But then when I get to the vaping question, they will say, oh, God, no. And then... There's a group under that line that when I ask them if they smoke, they say, oh, God, no. But when I get down to vaping, they say, yes, daily. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The big, uh, big vape companies, whoever that was, they really did a good job with their marketing campaigns. Yeah. I think it started with Juul. Yeah. There were quite a lot of lawsuits yeah, there against sure Juul. Were. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They really uh, smoked the Kool-Aid on that one. Yeah. But I mean, I can say honestly, because as a former smoker... And as you have indicated, the literal biggest negative side effect of smoking to like other, I mean, aside from what it does to your body and all that, is the smell. Yeah. And the vape. So eliminating that's a big deal. Eliminates that barrier, right? So it's like, I don't have to worry about the smell. I can vape and my parents will never know. Yeah, they really made it palatable to the next generation. Yeah, I mean, not just palatable, but like enticing like you can get watermelon flavor you can get mm-hmm. tropical fruit smoothie you can i mean whatever i don't that know. cotton but- candy scent is the most nauseating i think it's worse than cigarette smoke personally see i don't have friends that vape <laughs> I don't really either. To me, that's even a little younger than my people. Okay. Because my people either never smoked or or did and have quit usually at this point. Right, sure. A lot of people smoked in like college and stuff, you know, whatever. Then eventually... Of course, you had to smoke in college. (sighs) No, I didn't smoke in college. I was square, okay? I'm sorry. You were. I'm surprised you got invited to any parties, really, let's be honest. That's a good point. (laughs) Surprised you were offered anything. Wait, oh, you broke up. I thought you weren't laughing at my joke. Oh, but... <laughs> no, I'm laughing at your joke. It's okay. My feelings are not hurt. You are accurate. Are you ready to get ghosty up in this bitch? <sighs> I'm nervous, but yeah. <sighs> okay, I gotta say, I had somebody write in, and the first line of her email is, let's scare the shit out of Sarah. And I was like, oh, I'm so in for it. <sighs> okay, here we go. Sarah, oh, I hate everything about this. I hate it. <laughs> It's a good impression. Are you going to go as me as Halloween for Halloween? Yeah, I'm going as Sarah for Halloween. And nobody nobody will know who I am because nobody has seen us. Nope, but I'm... <laughs> Actually, I'm obsessed with... I know it's a few years old, so it's not novel anymore, but... I'm obsessed with the stick figure light up costume. Yes. Where you dress in all black and then have the LED lights as a stick figure. I just think A, it's very ingenious. B, people can see you coming from a mile away and C, you're still dressing up. So I love it. I'm for it. That's right. It ticks all the boxes. It's not overly expensive. And then there's a safety component. What's not to love? Absolutely. I mean, what better costume could you have? Halloween's my favorite. I was talking to my friends who are throwing a costume party that we're going to go to. And I said, you know, oh, do you have your, you know, your costume figured out? She goes, well, I need to make the bustle still. So I'm not quite done. Oh, oh, you're making your own and it involves a bustle. That was my exact combo of thoughts. And I was like, (laughs) wow, I, we are different because I'm crafty and I like to do crafts and stuff, but there's just a limit with a one night. I don't know. It's just, uh, this is not where yeah. I want to spend my, my money. Because as we've talked about before, like, you can really go overboard with the costumes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Sarah, you can go as fresh out of the shower girl. <laughs> That's exactly right. I should have should have done that. Would have been easier. I was going to say, too bad it's chilly. But maybe it's not chilly. You don't know where I live. It's hot out. It's hot out. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's hot. 94. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. I have definitely experienced some very hot Halloweens, though. So Mm. you just never know what you're going to get. You don't. That's true. Tis the autumn. And we have talked about that we live in areas that have four seasons. So, yeah. So we're not in L.A., everybody. 
Kind of wish, though. Mark it off. Really? I have zero desire to live in L.A. Sorry for all of you that love L.A., but... Not in, like, L.A., the city, but in the outskirts of some of those beautiful California towns. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as an outskirt of a California town. It's all completely overpopulated. Well, that's true. No, I mean, I don't mean outskirt, like, remote. I mean, because I don't want to live somewhere remote, but... Just not L.A. proper. Somewhere with beauty and maybe the ocean. I do love San Diego, though. And that 75 degree weather year round. I'm interested in that. I want to live there. Yeah, I mean, it's about the most perfect year round climate you can have. So (sighs) I don't know. I also love San Francisco, too, even though even though it's like overcast and stuff. If I was going to move back to a big city, I could see San Diego, San uh Jesus Christ, San Francisco. (laughs) I mean, I like Sacramento too. Don't get me wrong. But but now that all the water levels are down, there's nowhere to water ski anymore. So, well, that's true. Forget about that. The drought thing, the forest fire thing. Oh yeah. The earthquake thing. They're problematic in life. Yeah. But I guess I mean I guess everywhere like Florida had just had those big hurricanes. No, I mean everywhere's got something because the world is on fire. This world is on fire. All right, should we tell some ghost stories? Let's get ghosty up in this, bitch. So I disproportionately have more. So should we do where, like, I'll read two, you read one, and we'll just go until we run out of time? Uh, that's totally fine. It's not as much fun when you read them because then you're not scared as much, but... Well, but the jig is up. I, I don't know. I, I've read them. The jig is up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. They came to me and we just did the best we could. Because you got some that I haven't read. That's true. Just as a friendly reminder, I want to point out, and I was trying to rack my brain on this. I don't remember if it was our ghost episode last year where we had the visitor yes. from beyond on the recording. There were, I think, two years in a row. Really? Oh, I just got the chills now. Blech. I hate it. Cause, because I always record in this closet, yeah. and just knowing that we've had visitors when we're talking about the ghosts. Yeah. I just, so, yeah. everyone, so when you when we edit the podcast, the way that the we input our audio is it's two separate tracks laid over one another and obviously combined to make the thing that you hear. And you can see waveforms, audio waveforms, on, you know, on the screen. And so you can see when there has been any kind of noise. So even if I thump on something, it's a little shot or whatever. And that's how we know how to edit things. And so we obviously make sure the other one is quiet when one is speaking. And so we are not talking over each other. I mean, we do, obviously, but <laughs> no. we're not usually talking over, over one, one, one another. So the past, at least the last year, I feel like it happened twice. It may not have been both the ghost stories. Maybe it was another time. I don't know. Yeah. There was very clearly separate audio on Jamie's side Mm -hmm. that she was not making Mm -hmm. while I was speaking. It sounded objectively like a deep male voice. Yes, completely. I can't remember. Were we able to make out words or we just heard? Well, I kind of remember it saying something like, hey or, or that's right oh or god oh god like oh oh god i just got the chill yeah i feel like i feel like it was something quick like that but it was clearly a male voice in my closet yeah ugh, ugh. I, th- I thought we left it in the in the recording we may have i can't remember thank fucking god that it's not on my side because we'd never record one of these again and i'd have to move so <laughs> Well, I, for you, for the listener's sake, I hope it doesn't happen. Or maybe if it does, I just won't tell you. <laughs> no, I have to. No, it's a, if it happened on, well, yeah, if it happened on mine, I don't tell me. Literally, don't tell me about it. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I just remember sending you the file being like, listen to this. Oh, oh my no. gosh, listen to this section. It's, it was bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. So anyway, <laughs> on that note, let's get going. <laughs> Here we go, folks. <laughs> Here we go, st- <laughs> All right. I'm in a mood, let me tell you. All right. So actually, some of these are from months ago, like the summer. And you all were so proactive. Love you. 
mean it. So I haven't read these since, because I put them in a little folder on my phone and that's where they've been living in the Ghost Story 2022 folder. So I haven't read them since I originally got them. So there's still some spookiness to this. Okay, good deal. This is from H. Hi, H. H for Halloween. H for Halloween. Get it? OMG, I am loving your episodes of Ghost Stories. Yay! I had two instances where in the middle of dinner time, around 5.30 p.m. at the long-term care facility I work at, everyone is in their rooms eating, and the CNAs are helping out the residents that need assistance to be fed. I'm along in my hall when I hear my name being called out in a whisper. H. Oh my god. I turn around, thinking it's someone trying to get my attention, and see no one in sight. I look around to see if it's coming from a room, and as I'm looking, I see everyone just minding their business. I then think, about a week ago, one of my residents had died. She was the only one to call me H, not nurse. Oh. I then immediately felt a chill on the back of my neck and walked my ass down to the nurse's station to just breathe. Oh, I just got a chill. The same. Ah! The second one was at the same time, dinner time, but I heard a voice sounding like someone was saying my name in a crackly, choky voice. Ew. I was thinking someone was choking, and I frantically looked around if someone needed me. Everyone was fine and eating. I said a prayer as I paced my ass back to the nurse's station. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Oh, it's chilling. Ugh, I've it's got so creepy. full body chills already. It's too early for this, guys. Too early. Well, I'm glad we're recording earlier in the evening, because I feel like one night we recorded this episode kind of late. Yeah, and then I had to go to bed night. by myself, like in my dark, <laughs> spooky fucking house. And I was like, this was just the biggest mistake that we could have ever made. <laughs> I know. We need to record this episode at like seven in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I have like a bright, lovely day ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you like, we, we hit end record and you go out and the birds are chirping and yeah. singing. And <laughs> I used to do that. Drinking I was... coffee and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched all you know 15 or whatever seasons of criminal minds i got really really mm-hmm. really addicted to it and a lot of it is kind of spooky it takes place at, at night you know it's jump scares kind of stuff and things like that mm-hmm. and i used to have to watch an episode of like bob's burgers or friends or the office or something sure after before i went to bed because i was like this cannot be the last thing that i've seen before i close my eyes like right. i will absolutely have a nightmare absolutely I'm 100% with you. All right. Wait, before you go on, because you asked for creepy stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Can I tell you a creepy story? Yeah. Okay. So this was just last week. I had this patient come in. She was probably in her early 80s. Her son brought her in and she was completely lucid, completely with it. Now, you and I have talked about mental health. And I think we've even said this before, like, because you have a lot of mental health patients that talk about hearing voices, seeing demons, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the conversation has been, are they hallucinations or are these people actually seeing things? And if you, if you believe in the afterlife, you kind of have to believe in both the good and the bad afterlife, right? Mm -hmm. So are people actually seeing these things and we're writing them off as mentally ill or dementia or whatever it is? Or is it just the brain coming up with these things? I have no idea. I don't know. But anyway, this lady comes in in her early 80s-ish, but very lucid, very with it, lives at home alone, never had any issues with mental health before ever in her entire life. But for the past three days, she's been having auditory hallucinations. Hmm. And the first night she gets sent, she said the voice sounds like the voice of her grandson. And I flat out asked her, I said, is your grandson still alive? Mm-hmm. And she said, she said, oh, yes. She said, that would be very weird if it if he weren't. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I'm thinking to myself, I find that like easier to swallow. Yeah, like dead, weirder but... than hearing voices. I don't think that's true. Yeah. So anyway, so she said the grandson told her to go out into the garage and hide And so this lady slept on the garage floor for 12 hours. And when she tried to get up, it was a different voice. And it told her that there was somebody in the house. The screen door was open and she needed to crouch in between the refrigerators. And so she sat crouched in between the refrigerators. And this all happens like starting at sunset type of deal. So that was one night. Another night she was in her recliner watching TV and... 
she heard the voice of her grandson tell her, hey, we're coming to get you, you know, so get ready to go. She said, so I got up and I put my coat on and I walked to the back door and I stood at the back door waiting. And then my grandson said, we can't get there. You'll have to do it yourself. You'll have to get there on your own. So she felt a little confused. So then she heard the voice of this man that she didn't know telling her to go outside and go towards the garage. And so she goes outside and goes towards the garage and she said out loud, I feel scared. And the voice said, don't worry, I'll never hurt you. Oh my God. Uh. And then the the voice told her to go walk behind, I guess uh, maybe there's like an alley between houses or something. The voice told her to go walk between the alley and she said, I walked three or four houses down and that's when I saw my neighbors getting into their car. And she's very lucid telling me this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. She's not off her rocker. Yeah. And she said, so I I stopped my neighbors and I, I asked them if they could help me. So they put me in the car and called my son. And then she told me about a night that she was out by the garage and the voice of her grandson was telling her to hide behind the car. And then they were pulling up in the driveway. And once they got up into the driveway to come out to the car. And in the meantime, she said the lights from the neighbor's house were shining and it was so bright all over the place. It was, it was bright as bright as day from the neighbor's lights. And the voice was telling her, yeah, don't, worry about them. They're with us. Jeez. And then it said, okay, you know, you can go get in the car now. And she said, and so I stood up and I peeked around the car and looked down the driveway and there was no car there. And that's when it clicked that none of this is real. Wow. And so this poor, this poor lady, I mean, she's like, I just, I couldn't even imagine going through this. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, what if this is like some crazy presence, like talking to people? Ugh. Is it the brain or is it something more sinister and supernatural. I really don't want that to be true, so I'm going to just say it's the brain. <laughs> but that's scary in and of itself. It is, but, you know, I don't have to deal with that right now, <laughs> and the other one feels like it needs to be addressed sooner, and I can't deal with that. I know. So anyway, all right, Ugh. that was my a cre- that makes creepy story. That sad. Poor grandma. It was really sad because she was she was very aware, and she, I mean, she's recounting these events I'm not as like a, I don't want to say crazy person, because obviously that's hugely labelistic and you yeah, know, whatever. But lucid. But you know way. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, just she was very lucid and yeah. recounting these events. And it was, I don't know, it was crazy. There's something really sad about that in particular. People recalling the things that they did and said when they were not in their right mind. There was a podcast I listened to that was recounting this horrible story that I won't really get into the details of, but basically the this young man over time became very noticeably uh, paranoid schizophrenic and the father mm-hmm. told the mother his wife he was like i think he's gonna kill me oh god and she was like what would make you say that and he's like there's the things he's been saying the way he's been acting they used to everyone was very close mm-hmm. and apparently in his mind something had happened where he thought that this man had replaced his father and he needed to protect his family oh god so ultimately he does successfully kill him <gasps> oh god and the awful. little brother finds them them. It's this whole horrible thing. She ends up having her son committed oh. and she's visiting him later and he, she, he was like, oh, when's dad gonna visit? Oh. Had no clue oh. that it had happened and so she's like, the interviewer asked her like, you know, have you ever told him? And she said, no, absolutely not. There's literally no reason for him to, yeah, to know. Yeah, there's no she reason. She knows that he's, yeah. that he's dead, but not how and why. Gotcha. Oh. It is so sad, man. And Ugh. we, of course, we could go down a whole mental health sure spiral and things yeah, like that, won't. which is not this episode, but there are very creepy things. I've taken care of a lot of, I guess, what you would label psych patients, right? Because that's yeah. what we call them. And there's a lot of demonic undertones with it. Yeah. There's a lot of religious undertones to a lot of it, too. Yes, you're right. I've just seen a lot of patients where it just looks like they have no soul. You can see it in their eyes. Yeah. There's something very just, it's different. It's very different. Like <laughs> a couple months ago, I had a patient die right literally as I was talking to him. Oh, geez. And yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But I knew the moment he died because I saw the life leave his eyes. God. It was, anyway. So, you know, I've seen a lot of mental health patients like that where it's almost like their eyes are just almost all black. 
it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a shark size, kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into ghosty stuff again. Okay. Okay. We can think of the ghosts as loved ones that have passed on and are just coming to say hey. You know, I will say, not that people are diving into the, like, excruciating detail of the story, which is obviously fine, but the ones that I that you hear about that are usually patients, it's very benevolent activity. It's like pressing a call light. Yeah. And turning the lights yeah. off. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. They're not yeah. possessing people. It doesn't feel evil right. like that. Like, it's just, like, kind of sad. Or kind of just like, notice me, and that's kind of it. So, yeah. all in all, though Sarah does hate it, and she does. And she does. It's really, this could be worse. So, I thank you all for that. And also, don't send me any worse. I'm not interested in reading that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Put the Ouija board away. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> not interested. Not interested at all. No. We can leave that portal door closed. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that firmly shut. That's right. Surround me in white light. <laughs> oh, God. All right. You're up. All right. This is a real quickie one from B. Hi, B. This isn't much of a story, but the sniff I had my intro to MedSurge Clinical at had a single patient room that was, quote, the dark cloud. They said every single patient that went to that room would die. Oh, don't like that. I hate it. Would you want to go be assigned to that room, like, as a no, patient? No, how could you in good conscience assign anybody to that room? That doesn't feel nice. Mm-mm. So I said, was it true to your experience? She said, unfortunately, yeah. A cancer patient with a JP drain in his arm. Tending to the JP was our first interaction with him. Next week, the doctor removed it because the sniff had no documentation of how much drainage was coming out. It was excessive and constant, she says. But then the CNAs kept changing his bedding, and we were helping bring extra chucks and supplies to help. The week after that, I was super busy on the opposite wing and found out the following week that he had passed away due to the cancer metastasizing in his brain. Super sweet and grateful guy. Then another new admit was moved in. She wasn't there more than a week. By that time, it was my last week. I didn't want to see who the new patient was after finding out they called it the dark cloud room. Oh, the dark cloud room. This is from Jay. Hi, Jay. I was on placement at a rehab ward and they shared a hallway with palliative care. Rehab was beds 1 to 24 and pal care 25 to 30. I asked my RN preceptor if he'd ever been in the palliative ward and he said, no, but I see the dead patients. Their spirits go to the door and I see them. What? I was only 19. I stayed away from that door. Do you think he was just messing with her? Very possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There are people that definitely seem to be more intuitive and things there like that. There are definitely maybe... people who are more touched into it for sure. Yeah. I just had a patient's wife. I walked in and I think maybe I mentioned this and she like shushed me out of the room and I was like, oh God, okay. What? What's going on? And she had been doing Reiki on her husband to help him get get him to sleep. Remember? Did I tell you that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, but okay. Well, ultimately we got to chatting and she was a cool, a cool lady. And she was saying how she would do Reiki on like, you know, her husband, like a, a part of their routine. And then also she was doing it with hospice patients. Oh, okay. And just the difference in the energy that she was receiving back was really strange, obviously, because they were, you know, they were near death. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I should have her on the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> wow. That's fascinating. I don't know. I just... We talk about this every time, but there's just so much of this kind of stuff. I don't know how you could not believe in it. I don't know. Um, I agree. I used to be a very, very strict non-believer, and I've opened my mind since then. Yeah. Well, even if you don't, it doesn't have to be like a heaven and hell type thing, but... No, I don't mean that at all. I mean, just talking about energies and... Yeah. energies and, and spiritual... And, it's yeah. just... I don't know. The planes of existence. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You want to read one? All right. This is from... N. Hi, N. Hi, N. This is titled Ghost-ish Story. Great. Uh, <laughs> she's telling us how much she loves us. Oh, thanks. She's at first time writing in, even though I've listened to every single episode. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, N. This podcast is my weekly entertainment validation for all things nursing. So thank you for all the hard work you guys put into these episodes. It really makes a difference to us listeners. That's thank sweet. you. I'm so glad to hear that. That was our goal. This is super timely because this happened last week. I was sitting at the nurse's station next to a fellow nurse who floats to all units, but who was currently spending the day as a clinical instructor. As we were working on the computers, the bathroom call light started going off in the adjacent room. The room had been quiet all day. The nurse sitting next to me said, the last time I worked on this unit, there was a patient that I coded in that room's bathroom that didn't make it. Mm. It was a pretty ugly code. The bathroom call light went off and on a few times. It was as if the, quote, ghost was saying hi. 
to that nurse. (laughs) When that nurse left the station, the light didn't go off for the rest of the day. Oh, my God. Happy Halloween. Oh, full chills. Ah, that's that's not a ghost-ish story. That's a ghost story. That's a ghost story. That's a full ghost story. You just had a ghost visitor. You even know his name. (laughs) That's a full ghost story. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, that's so interesting. I know. I don't know if I saved it. I'll have to come come to it and see if I did. But someone wrote in, do you remember when I told the story about how my dad told my grandmother, like, when you're safe to the other side, come in and knock down a picture? Yes, yes. You have told that story actually a couple times and I... I love hearing it every time because it gives me a sense of peace that, like, yeah. they're watching over us. Yeah. That's kind of what that reminds me of. But someone wrote in that um, her mother is apparently really not doing well early onset Alzheimer's or something horrible. Oh. And, um, you know, she just is enjoying the time that they have and telling her stories and things like that. But she told her, she said, as soon as I heard that, I immediately told my mother that she has to do that. Oh, <gasps> that's so sweet. Okay, never rooting for anybody's passing, but when the mom does pass, I want to know if it happens. Same. Hopefully we get (laughs) an update. I know. You know, I recently had, um, I don't want, I won't call it a visitation because it didn't feel that way, but like I dreamt about my grandmother on my mom's side literally all night long. Like we were hanging out. We had all these conversations. We -hmm. we were just spending time together for Mm -hmm. my whole night. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I just feel like I just feel like that was a warm hug from grandma all night long. That's sweet. It was so sweet. Yeah. And granted, it's a dream. I haven't dreamt about my grandma in years. No, that's I mean, yeah, that came from somewhere. It's hard to say that it didn't come from somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, go on. Let's keep rolling because we're got plenty to get through. Yep. Um, this is from A. Hi, A. We one time coded a patient that was DNR that the family overturned. Ugh, rough. Ugh. We lost the patient and now the sink in that room turns on when nobody is in the room. <laughs> that is a thing with electronic stuff. Yeah. They were like, fuck you for coding me when I'm a DNR. Yup. Absolutely. I'm going to wash my hands of this. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> No, but I mean, paper towels going yeah, off. The lights, the call lights. The other day, my, my boss and I were having a conversation. All of a sudden, the hand sanitizer just went off. <laughs> and she and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, my God. Oh, boy. Bummer, bummer, she, bummer. She's like, did that just... I was like, yes, we both just witnessed that at the same time. We yes, just watched the ghost. Just like come, just breeze through real quick. Say hi. <laughs> Grab a little like, hand. Even ghosts aren't immune from COVID. They got to keep themselves safe. They got to keep it clean, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're cleansing their spirit. <laughs> oh All right. This is from S. Hi, S. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. She loves us. Looks forward to our new episodes every week. Thanks, S. Yay. I don't know if you guys are religious or not, but this definitely confirmed my faith. We had two hospice DNR patients on our floor. Really just comfort care waiting for a spot at the hospice house. I had a separate patient. I totally, totally thought she was going to say, waiting for a spot in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) DC to JC. That's right, man. Um, I had a separate patient who was not hospice request that a preacher come up. He came, said a couple of prayers, and left. Not even two minutes after the prayers, I got a call from Telly saying my patient went asystole and passed. Aww. Right after, I got a call from a new grad nurse asking for help on what to do for her patient. He had just passed and it was her first patient death. Mm. I told her, no, Telly must have made a mistake. It was my patient that had passed. Turns out not even two minutes after the preacher had prayed, we had two separate patient deaths on our floor to the same minute. Wow. I really believe he brought God to the floor and helped these two hospice patients leave smoothly. Aww. That's sweet, though. Yeah, it is sweet. That's comforting. I find that comforting. I find that very comforting, yes. I'll take that gladly. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not even religious like that, but I can appreciate the significance of faith for people and what that that means and the peace it brings. I'll never forget when my grandfather was dying, Uh, a chaplain stopped by someone had you know told them or whatever and it was this whole big dramatic thing in the hospital and Mm. my mom grabbed him and was like hey can you can you like pop into my father's room and he said well what religion is he and she said it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Uh, we we all kind of laughed like we kind of chuckled at it and the guy went in or whatever and i looked at her and she was like it doesn't matter because grandpa's not really religious like that he doesn't care he's 
he was just, you right. know, comfortably faithful to whatever. I mean, who who even sure. knows? But sure. it was just about peace. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very interesting. And I think we, not you and me, but we as people spend a lot of time being hyper-focused on the details of a religion. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is, to me, I think most people in the world believe in some higher power, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like that's kind of a unifying thing. So we all name it differently. Some of us view it as energy. Some of us view it as nature. Some of us view it as a spiritual being. Some of us, whatever. But it's really just some sort of higher outside force working upon our lives. And realistically, I think it's something like, I don't know, (laughs) I'm totally making this up, but it's really high. Like, I feel like it's in the 90s percentile wise of like people believe in some sort of. Oh, yeah. A huge percent. I mean, most people on the planet. Absolutely. You know, and so it's to me, it's it's a very unifying thing. And I, I think there's more and more reinforcement that there are other forces beyond what are visible to us in our daily lives. It is one of the most ancient, primitive, first things humans did to answer questions that couldn't be answered with the assumption and belief and feeling that there is just more out there than we understand. Sure. That's like the one of the earliest things that ever happened. So they we're very connected to our ancestors in that way, I think. For sure. And then the pyramids were built. So... <laughs> 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 That's a whole world of itself, because when you look at, like, the mathematics and all of that stuff, like, ancient civilizations and how they were all set, it's wild, man. Okay, let's keep going on ghosts. Okay. Ghosty, ghosty. Another H. Hi, H. But a different, a different H, which is, like, a different H name. Right. Got it. You don't need to know that detail. Doesn't matter. But, you know, just sharing. (laughs) We opened a brand new hospital and facility in March of 2020. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, God. A co-worker died on the job from a massive MI about a year later. Oh. She had been a nurse for almost 40 years, and she had a dry, salty sense of humor that only someone who had been at the bedside for that long could have. Uh-huh. Being a newly constructed facility, we would always have things malfunction, as you would with any new construction. Sure. After this nurse died, we affectionately and dark-humoredly blamed that nurse for things that messed up. <laughs> Recently on Night Shift, the monitor in one of the trauma bays spontaneously started, started alarming V. VTAC and asystole. There was no patient in that room. We were constantly having to discharge a patient from the monitor in that room. That morning, I checked my Facebook memories and realized that it was the one year... Oh, I just got chills. Oh, same. Right now. The one year anniversary of that nurse's death in our ER. Oh. Gave me chills, but then made me smile because I felt like she was hanging around and she's sending loving... Or she's lovingly messing with me. I love that. Sweet. Oh, chills again. Chills again. I literally need a coat on. I can't even stand it. I, I hate know. We, we need to like bundle up for this episode and like <laughs> make sure like, our necks are I'm covered. So stupid. And... I was like, I should put on a costume for this. Like, wouldn't that be funny? Not that obviously anyone could see me, but like just for the festivities. Right. And no, I forgot that this is what happens. And I need to be wearing a fleece coat while we record this. <laughs> well, maybe next year you can dress as an Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, there's a lot of stories like that where uh, rhythms will come up on monitors in rooms that there are no. Yeah. mm -hmm. It's Mm. crazy. (sighs) I wonder if from a ghost perspective, right? Like if I was a ghost, electricity is a common thing that they can tap into. Right. Oh, sure. Currents and things like that. Right. You know, ghost hunters and stuff. That's the kind of stuff that they look for and things like that. The same way that like, you know, the ghosts are looking for electricity. They're like, where can I find electricity? I'm just saying (laughs) if I was a ghost and I was seeking a way to be a part of things, tele leads or whatever would be an easy one. Mm -hmm. It's a direct conduit. Truly, it's like best case scenario for like swinging by to say hi to someone. Beep boop. V-check. Just swinging by. Just swing by. See you later. I'm on my way to brunch with whoever the fuck. <laughs> the other patient that died in this room. Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, who knows? Right. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. This is actually really fun because I haven't read these in a long time. In yeah. a while. So I'm getting reminders, but I didn't I don't remember them that well. This is from Jay. Hi, Jay. My story is a personal story. Okay. My niece, actually my best friend's daughter, passed away in a terrible car accident. Oh my God, that's awful. Awful. One particularly difficult day, I begged her for a sign that she found her way to the other side and was okay. It was a fall to your knees sort of begging. 
That night, my husband and I went to bed as usual, and I'm not kidding you, our bedroom light turned on three separate times that night. Oh my gosh. Each time, I had to get out of bed and flip the switch back off. Again, full body chills. I told her out loud, I got it! You can stop doing it! And it stopped. (laughs) Careful what you wish for! (laughs) She is with me, and she is okay. No doubt about that. Oh my god. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you... They are with us. Yeah, they are with us. Oh, she actually wrote in more after. Oh, do you want to keep going? Yeah, just finish, finish, Jay. Uh, Then she says, a nurse story I can think of. I was caring for an old lady who was in her final days. She hadn't been out of bed in a few days and was on comfort measures. I went in to check on her during rounds and she was sitting straight up on the edge of the bed, which she had been too weak to do for days prior. I asked her what she was doing and she told me her sister who had already passed, had just helped her to the bathroom and then back to bed. There was clear evidence that she had indeed been to the bathroom and then back to the side of the bed. No other staff near her room at that time that it could have been. I assisted her to lay back down and she passed shortly after that. Many, many stories of seeing and talking to family members who have passed before them. Yeah. And a lot of times... The veil is thin. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of times people will see loved ones and stuff and then they pass not very long after that it's mm-hmm. very common mm-hmm. oh, oh well i don't know i that one doesn't give me chills that one brings me peace and comfort yeah oh thanks for sharing mm-hmm. all right let's this is from a Hi, a have a <laughs> love the ghost story episode me too have a good one for you from my own personal experience and it still gives me goosebumps ah I was working a shift about 10 years ago with six patients, med neurosurgery, and had a hospice comfort care patient assigned. The patient had no family and had a friend listed as their POA. I called the friend pretty soon after I came on shift as the patient was unresponsive and looked pretty close to going to the eternal care unit, which I love that. I love that. I know. This was my first shift with this patient and had never met them prior. I was on the private room hall, so between bouncing from room to room for med passes and assessments, I was checking on this patient in between to be with them and to make sure they were still with us. I was in the middle of assessing a post-op patient when I heard a phone ring across the hall from my special patient's room. I immediately excused myself and fast walked to the room just in case it could be some long-lost relative or friend looking for them. The phone was ringing, but when I picked up, no one was on the line. I looked down at my patient and saw their color had changed to quite dusky and waited for the chest to rise. It did a few more times and I sat in the room with them, holding their hand while they took their last breaths. It was beautiful and sad, chills, <laughs> but I'm glad I was there and truly believe someone slash something had called for me to come into that room to be with them. I'm so glad that since then, my hospital has started a, quote, no one died alone campaign, and volunteers will simply sit with patients who may have no one there with them for their final moments. Sincerely, A. Oh, A, I love that. That's such a great story. That's a really good story. Isn't that funny how stuff like that happens where it's just like the phone rang, drawing you over there, and because of that, that person wasn't alone. You were there with, you know, I Mm -hmm. just love that. And some kind of intuition of this is an important call. Yeah, right. Right. Even, Even if it's a real person at the end, you know, family or someone who's, you know, this A was eager to honor this patient in some way right like you know prioritize that yeah that's sweet that's so sweet oh um this is from Kay. hi Kay. i work at D, and one friday night we had to code a baby at delivery hmm. the next week the nicu team comes running down asking us about the code in room four there was no code and there wasn't even a patient in that room they got notified of a code going on in a room with no patient the same room in time as the code the week before oh weird gross creepy hate it oh my gosh poor baby oh, i always hate hearing i know mm. Ugh, can't even think about that but creepy and spooky creepy and spooky this is from c hi c <sighs> love your podcast can't wait to hear the stories this year thought about submitting last year and didn't and figure i would this time good call c that was the right call yes thank you when i was a new grad nurse i was caring for a patient on our unit that had an anteroom it was a smaller isolation room, so we mainly used the anteroom for storage of the bedside commode and other items. I worked on a pediatric med surge floor and had a patient that hit the call light in the middle of the night. I went in and he was asleep. He was a post-op appy. I don't remember the age. His mom was awake and said she missed me when I came in the room just prior and wanted to make sure she didn't miss him getting pain medication. 
I told her I had not been in the room for close to an hour, and he wasn't yet due for pain medication. She seemed confused and said, I could have sworn you just came in the room from that room, pointing to the ante room, and then stood by his bed, but never mind. Okay. Oh, chills. I reassured her that I would be back when he was due for meds. I went back to the nurse's station and asked the group I was working with if any of them had been in by chance in my room. Everyone said no. One of the nurses who had been there for years said, Oh, it was probably Pablo. I asked her who she was referring to, and she responded, Oh, that room has been haunted since this unit was created. Pablo's been around for years. <laughs> oh she my proceeds God. to tell me that shortly after the unit opened, she answered a call in from that room about the IV pump beeping, walked in to see the patient asleep and his grandfather sitting in his chair next to his bed. He lifted his head and smiled as she reached over to fix it and as the patient was asleep, and then walked out. He proceeded to tell the assigned nurse that he was going to need a new fluid bag, and she added volume, and that she mentioned to Grandpa as she was leaving that uh, they would be back to hang a new bag. The nurse responded, Grandpa? That patient's alone. (gasps) They both went back into the room to find it completely empty except for the patient asleep. Oh, my God. Since that happened, they have had patients... I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gross. They have had patients sporadically report a man looking into their room from the anteroom at night or even coming into the room and turning around to leave without saying anything. This had been reported on and off for years. Oh my because gosh. Because of that, the unit had named the spirit Pablo, as he often made an appearance at night. Needless to say, I was freaked out and turned the lights on in that room whenever I entered for the <gasps> remainder of the time that I worked on that floor. Oh my god. Oh, I have full body chills. Oh my Same. gosh. Hair standing on ends. Oh. That is like the ghostiest of the ghosty. <laughs> That's a full... Like, I mean, oh. ben- again, benevolent. He just sits there. He's just keeping people company. That's sweet. Oh, my God. I have pilo erection like never before. My thighs <laughs> have chills. Okay. Don't oh say erection God. to me right now. <laughs> it's pilo erection. That's what it is. <laughs> you little nurse. You know better than that. <laughs> okay. Next is from S. Hi, S. Not my story, but a co-worker's. She's a seasoned CNA, and one night she was doing one-to-one with a confused lady. My coworker spent at least half the shift trying to get the patient settled down, and finally the patient had fallen asleep. My coworker saw a dark shadow appear at the door and slowly start moving towards the head of the bed. <gasps> the shadow lingered around oh, the patient's just... head for a minute and then disappeared. My coworker said that's when the patient died. <gasps> oh my god. Ugh. Well, that's gross. That is so gross. And I really hate it. I hate that one. Okay, we got to move right into the next one. I can't even think about that. Yeah, I like old grandpa way better. (laughs) All right, this is from Kay. Hi, Kay. There was a story of a girl in a red dress at the hospital that I worked for in Cincinnati. According to legend, patients that were dying saw her in their rooms or in the hallway. I worked with a nurse who claimed to be some form of a medium, and she would say that she could also see the girl and would get visibly shaken when it happened. At one point, I had a patient at the end of his life. I was in his room to administer his morphine, and he woke woke up and asked me who the little girl was at the end of his bed. Mm. I said there wasn't anyone there, and he responded adamantly that she was there and in a red dress. Oh, my God. Oh, I got out of there as quickly as I could, <laughs> to say the least. This was near the end of my shift, and when I came back the next day, he had passed overnight. I had been a skeptic prior to, but this experience made a believer out oh. of me. Oh my god, I want a fur coat right now. I'm freezing. Oh god, I'm freezing I cold. I am freezing cold. I hate Ugh, this. Guys, Ugh. don't submit these anymore. I hate them. No, but we have to do the episode every year. This is amazing. I know. You guys are you guys are killing it this year. You are really killing it. I have literally so many more too. You guys are awesome. All right, this is from S. Hi S. Uh, new to your podcast, but absolutely love it. I hope I'm not too late to get on your spooky episode. You're not. You made it just in time. (laughs) The hospital I work at, there is this one room that the staff assist light will always alarm, and there is usually not a patient in there when this happens. Typically, it tends to occur after someone has passed in that room. It is very constant for months after someone dies in that room. Of course, on night shift most of the time. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> but I th- I feel like every hospital has like a couple of those rooms. Like I I can think of like three of them off the top of my head where it's like yeah that's the call light room and believe me it's not the call light system. Like we've replaced the call light system and no, everything. It's, it's it is literally the room not. Itself. It's literally a ghost. Yeah. Like I don't know what else to tell you. It definitely is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
This is from Jay. Hi, Jay. Kind of creepy, not entirely ghosty, but creepy. We'll be the judge of that, Jay. Let's see. I work nights on L&D, and we have to walk through the ICU to get to pathology where we take placentas. One night, one of our nurses was walking back through the ICU, and there was all this ruckus coming from one of the rooms. One of the ICU patients was yelling and weeping, she's coming, she's coming, and she's so beautiful. Oh. Later, one of the ICU nurses came to see us and told us a patient had passed a few minutes after all the commotion. Then as we were talking about it, we all got chills when we realized that one of our patients delivered at the same time, at the same minute, this patient died, and it was a girl. Oh my gosh. Our units are not close together. It's absolutely insane. There's no way an ICU patient could have known about our patients. The veil is thin, and I got the goosies just now typing this. Wild. Oh my god. I, yes, I am, uh, chills. Circle of life, baby. Also, you're so cute. I love the phrase goosies. I'm going to use it forever. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, circle of life. Wow. From another K. Hi, K. When I worked in the burn ICU, there would be times the telemetry would have electrical activity, PEA, ha, (laughs) in a room where no patients were admitted. (laughs) Wait, get it? PEA. (laughs) (laughs) The scariest time was when I heard something in the hallway around the corner of the burn ICU, a locked unit, mind you, and all of the cabinets were opened up and no one was around. Oh my god. Ugh. Ugh, it's creepy. I don't want to see that. Could you even imagine like being on that unit and hearing all that commotion and then coming around and literally just all the doors no. open? Ugh. I was absolutely I was thinking about this the other day when we were recording, we were talking about how we used to go to that back bathroom we weren't allowed to go to. Yeah, uh-huh. That hallway creeped me the fuck out. That hallway was really creepy. I was convinced something bad was going to happen to me in that hallway. There's something about just like yeah. no one there except for us and the one other person we worked with right we were so alone back there it was like very scary yeah it was very scary Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> all right uh another s hi s hi s we had a psych patient elope from the ed normally i don't chase patients because bye but instead <laughs> right. of running outside she ran into the hallway to go deeper into the hospital so a bunch of staff go after her and they're running down the hallways looking for her. This is about 3 a.m. on night shift, mind you. Of course it is. It would never happen at 1 a.m. No, it's always 3 a.m. The witching hour. That's right. I walk into CT scan, which is dark and no one is in there. I walk fully in to let the door close behind me. And this bitch was standing behind the door. <gasps> oh my God. Scared the life out of me. I screamed. She screamed. I said, what are you doing here? And she said, I'm hiding from them and points into the darkness. Oh, my God. I'm like, uh, okay, let's go. Grabbed her by the arm and dragged her back to the ER as she's screaming. They're coming for us. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I hate it. (laughs) The mental. When I tell you I like scream, cried, laughed all the feelings when I read that the first time I remember that one I sent it to my sister I was like I need someone else to experience this with me literally right now because it's such a funny visual of like yes they turn and see each other and then they both scream at each other like they're both scared and then (laughs) just a lot it's a lot Uh, that was really what that tickled me a lot and also scared me (laughs) And also scared me. <laughs> it's very frightful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read one. Um, okay. This is from H. Hi, H. Hi, H. Have your patients' hallucinations ever creeped you out or made you think? Yes. There have definitely been some throughout my career that I wonder if they are seeing ghosts that I just can't see. Well, just as we discussed earlier. Exhibit A. That's how people with cats feel, too. Just as an aside. Yeah. Cats. They can see some shit. I don't know. It's creepy. Well, dogs can too. I've definitely had my dogs see shit. Yeah. Exhibit A. Several years ago, when I was an ER nurse at a level one trauma center, this was an inner city hospital that also had inpatient psych. I was taking care of an ICU border overdose patient on night shift. The rooms in this section had glass doors. I walked in to introduce myself and start my shift assessment on this patient, and she keeps staring out the doors. I asked her what was wrong because she had a look on her face like whatever she was looking at was bothering her. Mm. She asked why those Puritan women were standing out in the hall (laughs) looking at her. There's a colonial woman on the wing of the plane. (laughs) She's churning butter. (laughs) 
I didn't see anyone in the hall and kind of blew it off as hallucinations related to to what she overdosed on over-the-counter cold meds. Yeah, that would be scary. I, that people, would be. like, wig out on this stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't like myself on that. <laughs> no, you're a square, remember? You wouldn't like yourself on anything. <laughs> That's absolutely true. This lady was drowsy but otherwise oriented. A few days later, I'm up at the charge nurse desk looking to see the assignments for the next shift, and there are some day shift nurses who had been working there for years swapping stories, and they were talking about a bus accident of Amish slash Mennonite people where they had to take care of several victims years ago. I had to butt in and tell about my patient's hallucinations, and everyone was pretty creeped out by it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I would be too. My second story is just a funny one that I think Sarah will like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Thanks. I I don't have Insta, so pass it along for me. I sure will. And um, I have Insta, and I don't know how to use it. So Perfect. Again, I was working in that same ER. I worked night shift. It was this time of year, and for some stupid reason, I had watched a scary movie that day before I came to work. (laughs) She says, I literally don't know why. I don't even like scary movies. Same. (laughs) I hate them. I know, but sometimes you just get in your head that, like, maybe I'll like this one. And the answer is no. No. Don't do it. You don't. They're terrible. You don't like them. The movie was about demonic possessions Mm. and exorcisms. Mm -hmm. And of course, displays people speaking in tongues and hallucinating and such. I come to work, and guess what assignment I get? The B med section. Mm -hmm. Within an hour of getting report, guess what comes in by EMS? A schizophrenic patient speaking in tongues and freaking hallucinating and staring through your soul when you speak to him. (laughs) They do have the most intense stare of anything you've ever seen. You're like, man, they know all my secrets somehow. I feel very vulnerable. Totally. A hundred percent. And then it says, in that same ER, we had a regular who would always come in with complaints of demonic possession or sign in with various injuries, claiming the demons did it. Jeez. He signed in before I left that morning, too. Never again. Oh, she said, I just Googled it. The movie was The Right. (laughs) I haven't seen it, but The Right, R-I-T-E, The Right. Oh, that sounds horrible. I know. I don't know. But the way she's describing this, I'm like, have we worked together? (laughs) I don't know where you're located, but this sounds like an ER that I've been in. Hmm. Okay. You're up. I mean, saying that this is what a story that Sarah would like is really a stretch because I hate it. Maybe she just meant more for Sarah. Yeah. (laughs) To scare the shit out of Sarah. Uh Uh-huh. This is from V. Hi, V. I'm a day PCT on a trauma floor. One of my shifts last week, this was in early October, we had an admit about an hour or two before shift change. So I got my paper chart ready with the room number. She puts in in asterisks. (laughs) (laughs) Which vitals would would we be taking if they're glucose or not, et cetera? This chart hangs outside the room for any staff member to see who the last person in the room was and what they were doing in there. So I catch transport in the hallway and follow the nurse into the room and watch her do an assessment since I'm trying to learn as much as possible for nursing school. This patient is small and frail. I know, good for you. This patient is small and frail, just generally weak and bruised, supposedly suffering from a fall at home and then suffering a second fall in the ER. She is alert and aware. I get her vitals, hang the chart, give her her call light, and go back to see what my next task is. Not kidding you, an hour later, the call light for her room goes off continuously as if she is laying on the button. We can hear her talking. So we assume that she is asleep, like talking in her sleep, I don't know, and I get sent to go resituate it. I open the door and she is standing right in the entrance while the call light is still going off. I support her back to the bed and the call light is unplugged. I ask her if she was getting up to ask us to stop it. No response. I try to help her sit back on the bed, and she suddenly becomes the strongest person I have ever interacted with. (laughs) Yes, that's a thing. Little old ladies, that's really a thing. It is. I don't think too much about it, but I'm just worried about the unplugged call light that is still beeping obnoxiously. I help her to her chair instead, and as I'm trying to figure out why the call light is going off, she gets up and comes behind me, hissing. Hissing? Hissing. Ugh. I leave the call button alone and just slowly walk out to go get help. (laughs) As soon as I close the door, the call bell stops beeping and she screams. I call the nurse on my vocera and when she comes down and walks into the room with me, the call light is plugged back in and she is laying perfectly under the blanket in bed. What? She is tucked in how we had it. The nurse looked at me like I was insane, but I 100% saw what I saw. She didn't act strange the rest of the night, but I told the oncoming PCT just in case something weird happened. I have 
no idea what happened, and I want to think that I was so severely sleep deprived that my mind made it up, but it was very real. But nobody else was coming to answer that light, right? She was sent in to go troubleshoot it. Oh, she was sent in. Okay, so other people heard the light and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, bizarre. Coming up behind you hissing, literally no fucking thing. I'm leaving. I quit. <laughs> right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, okay. This is from Kay. Hi, Kay. At my old job, we used to have to get supplies from a semi-abandoned unit on the sixth floor. Oh, I hate that already. Hate that already. Hate that already. Hate it. The hospital had us avoid opening that unit if possible because there was a room number 666 and patients complained about it. Mm. Of course they would. Why why would you label it? Oh, okay. Dumb. Well, why would you label that? I mean... But I have worked in two hospitals that have no 13th floor. Yeah, absolutely. Same what about reason. like 665A and 665B? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> Working nights one night, me and a coworker had to go there to look for another dynamat machine and something else. Beep, 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 beep. beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> in the elevator up, my coworker turned her head real quick as if getting her ponytail away from something. Oh. I didn't think much of it, and neither did she. Like, maybe her head, her hair had caught the elevator bulletin board or something. Mm. Suddenly, she froze and looked scared. I asked her if she was okay, and she said, I just felt someone tug on my hair. Oh. I asked if it was the bulletin board, and she said no. Like a hand. Oh. We were so freaked out, we abandoned our search and went back. I don't blame you at all. Like, I have a hard, fast rule. I don't go in the basement between the hours of two and four, period. No. That's exactly right. No. <laughs> yeah no, no it's if people will call for supplies and i will just be like i'm super busy i can get that in a little bit <laughs> yeah i can get that in one hour and 52 minutes exactly yeah like nope we've entered the no enter time zone yeah sorry <laughs> shops closed for for lunch <laughs> right Oh my gosh. From E. Hi, E. As a new nurse, I worked on a heart failure floor. One night, I was taking care of an older patient who had just transitioned to comfort measures, was very lethargic and confused. Out of nowhere, she perked up and looked as lucid as can be and insisted that I tell the little girls in the corner to go away. Oh. There was definitely no one in the room with us. I later learned that the floor we were on used to be a pediatric floor before they reconfigured the hospital. Apparently, mm. that wasn't the first patient who claimed to see little girls in their room while they were in the process of dying. Oh, God. See, these stories are just so common. There's, I just don't know how, like, how you can you not be believe it? I know. It's crazy. Uh, okay, this is from S. <laughs> Hi, S. Hi, S. This is the one that says, Hi, Jamie. Let's scare yeah. Sarah. You're on thin ice, S. <laughs> I love you. Here is my nurse spooky story. I'm a POS. I think meaning piece of shit, right? <laughs> I'm a POS. Sorry I didn't get this to you sooner. I meant to submit it last year, but here we are. That's all right. I'm a queen, queen of procrastination. I thought I was going to miss this year too. Nope, you got it. During the first year of the pandemic, I picked up shifts at a prison for a few months as they had a COVID outbreak and desperately needed nurses. The medical unit was a small building made in the 20s, probably, and no renovations. It was a standalone building, and the doors had to be locked at all times. Correctional officers moved the inmates at set times. It was not 24-hour care, and sometimes one nurse would close the unit. After a few weeks of working there, Nurse H brought up how on her first day, there was this cultural shrine set up to ward off the evil spirits in the building. She said sometimes at night you can hear footsteps walking the halls of the unit, so always have the radio on loud. (laughs) Oh, God. Apparently, the prison was a small military base in World War II. I don't believe in stuff like that, so I quickly forgot about it. (laughs) That's your fault right there. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward three months, the prison dentist starts coming back to the office to resume patient care. Apparently, the radio is his, and he angrily takes it back and locks it in his dentist room. Prison prison dentistry is a horror story on its own. I would imagine. Yeah. I'm closing that night by myself. It was dark out. I was finishing my charting. Online shopping. You know how it goes. (laughs) Then... I suddenly heard footsteps approaching in the hallway. My heart sank. All the doors were locked. I'm the only one in the building. There were no scheduled moves. Uh. I hear an exam room door that is locked, open and close. 
I stand up from the computer. Footsteps sound effect. (laughs) Silence. I am shook. I call the correctional officer from the unit phone. Tell them to come ASAP. They ask if I'm hearing footsteps. I muster up the courage to patrol the hall. I have to go to the door to let the ACO in anyways. At this point, I'm ready to get the fuck out and never look back. Yeah. The correctional officer arrives and we check the unit together. Nothing. To this day, I will never forget the sound of the footsteps in the hallway. They were as clear as day. There was something in that unit with me and nothing that can explain the footsteps and the exam room door opening closing. Uh, the next time I I know. The next time I saw Nurse H, I was like, "Yo, that shit was unreal." <laughs> she gave me she gave me a huge I told you so. Mm-hmm. I never worked a night shift there alone again. I believe in ghosts now. Happy oh spooky season. God. Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. On that note, boy. we have got to get going because I have to go pick my daughter up from dance. And I'm so sorry because we have tons more stories. So maybe we'll do a part two if we have time to record it. If we do, I will post it on Halloween if we're able to get that in. Ooh, um, spooky. I know, I know, I know. All right, listen, you guys, thank you so much for all your amazing submissions. This was, I think, one of our best ghost one of our episodes. Best. Although they're all awesome. good. They're all good. Yeah, they're all good. good. But we really appreciate it because without you guys, we could not do this episode. And it's one that we look forward to every year. So, well, I look forward to scaring Sarah. She hates it. Anyway, you guys have a wonderful, safe Halloween. You know, be safe out there. Dress in whatever you want to dress in. Uh, Don't drink and drive. All the good things. Yes, all the good things. Have And I guess this kind of launches holiday season for me because after Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, it's time to go. I know. So have a beautiful holiday season as we, you know, roll into the end of the year. Thank you again for all your submissions. If you have anything you want to follow up with us on, you can get Sarah on Instagram at Nurse Coffee Talk. Me, email nursecoffeetalk at gmail.com. Make sure you like us, love us, share us with all your friends. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.